this week I'm with Chris Etchingham from the Man on the Post podcast, uh, who is unfortunately for him a Liverpool fan. How are you doing, Chris? I'm really good, actually. I was very disappointed after the Champions League final, but I have to say your end of season review podcasts really were the tonic I needed. Good. Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> yes, we, we tried to stay upbeat. I, I was like, I can't be too doom laden, but like, what else can you do? The I, Look, it, it got <laughs> to such a desperate point that I was cheering on City on the final day of the season and like watching three games at once, cheering City goals, just desperately desperate times. And then cheering on Real Madrid, Franco's club. <laughs> so it's, yeah that's that's how bad it gets <laughs> that's what you've been reduced to anyway i had a nice chat with a chap called ryan baldy last week who's a fellow writer and he he did a really good book actually about youth football yep. and there's a whole whole chapter on trent alexander arnold and his change of position i was like yeah and it was all about how much the coaches had worked with him and didn't teach him to look at the man running behind him did they <laughs> yeah did you, I don't know whether you saw it, but the day of the Champions League final, there was an article in The Guardian, there was an interview with Trent, and the headline was um, something like, I see things that others yeah. don't. And then 12 hours later, of course, we didn't see Vinny Jr. did not. <laughs> Interesting season then. I mean, I don't know, 10 years after Fergie left, I don't know whether United fans have quite got used to how shit we are. <laughs> or, or, or just the black humour has taken over. It's It's a very odd, like culture now I, I suspect there's some match going fans are just a bit more used to it now and accepting that hey we were shit once before we can be shit again uh, and then but online culture is really toxic <laughs> so i don't like yeah. spending any time with manchester united fans online it's miserable i gotta be honest i follow more united fans than liverpool fans i think it was jonathan wilson who may be in a blizzard podcast said that United have only really had two periods of success, first under Busby, second under Ferguson. And what you see now is what they generally have been other than under those two managers. Is that fair? Well, there was a there was a period of when they won their first United won the first title in nineteen oh I'm historians here are gonna kill me. Oh nine. Oh five or oh nine. It's around that period. They won a couple of titles then. And Busby was obviously built a couple of sides, the post war side. And then the Busby Babes side, which would probably have gone on to win more, we can assume. And then obviously the the 60s side. So that that, that period was stretched out a bit further, maybe. And then obviously Fergie. So I, I suppose Wilson's right, technically. Although there's quite a few more years than just making it sound like, oh, it's a couple of blocks of winning and nothing else. And they've been shit apart from that. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Where are you now? You're nine years after yeah. you last won the league, I guess, aren't you? So nine years after we last won the league, you guys got the treble. So, you know, you were, you were very nearly had history repeating itself. True, yes. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those ones where time has flown by. Yeah. United are now further away from the treble than they were from the treble to the relegation season under Dennis Law or something like that, aren't they? Well, you might be only two years away from a Scouse treble if history does repeat itself, of course. Yeah, let's not talk about that. It's, <laughs> it, for the, for all the talk of the quadruple this season, does does it feel like a disappointing season? So you, you came out with the two minor trophies, or the you know third and fourth, third and fourth ranked trophies. It, I think in the manner of both the last game of the season against City and the way we lost to Real Madrid, I've kind of made my peace with it quite quickly. 
So, uh, yeah, I, we were never really in the trophy on the last, the Premier League on the last game of the season. I was quite sort of at peace with the fact that we weren't getting, you know, the, sort of the, the day of the last game, I was quite sort of, you know, hey-ho, the City are going to win. We will probably win. And then, of course, when Villa go 2-0 up and we're already drawing, I thought, well, typical. So I didn't think that was going to happen. But, you know, they won, we won, you know. I, it, I, I think we're all with Tottenham. I don't think it was ever likely that we were going to, we were ever going to win the league. And then with the Champions League, previewed on our podcast the week before, and I suggested that the final would be very much the rumble in the jungle, you know, the sort of rope-a-dope. We would be forming, sort of pounding away. Right. And then, you know, in the eighth round, out would come Real Madrid alley with one smash and, and they're down and that's pretty much yeah. what happened in the final and you can't do anything about Thibaut Courtois having a game like that you know you can you can shoot as much as Truth. you want you know we could still be there today and Thibaut Courtois would still be not you know he'd still be saving them and everything so yeah came on peace quite quickly with the fact we hadn't got those two trophies it's probably a bit of a disappointing season yeah you're right because we were in it for so long but I love this Liverpool team. Absolutely adore them. I uh, I was talking to someone today, Divock Origi, I love more than Robbie Fowler, and he's my favourite Liverpool player. And I think Robbie Fowler's now gone behind Jordan Henderson as my next favourite Liverpool player. I absolutely love this team to bits. So we didn't get it, but I still get to look at Virgil van Dijk next season and things like that. And Luis Diaz is coming through and looks like we've got Darwin Nunes. So there's there's plenty of reasons to be cheerful as a Liverpool fan at the end of this season, I think. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I was trying to provoke a reaction, but I didn't get much of one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm outraged. Absolutely outraged. (laughs) It's, uh, of course, United fans would be desperate for a season where we were were in a fight for the title and got to three cup finals, for sure, of course. Um, Those days are long gone. Uh, And it doesn't mean they won't come back, but it's a long road back from where United are right now and requires the club to leverage its vast resources in some kind of non-totally incompetent capacity, which we haven't seen any sight of for 10 years. So maybe there's reasons to be bullish, I suppose. It's brand new everything, brand new manager, brand new chief executive, brand new director of football, brand new technical director, brand new coaching team, brand new scouting team, brand new head of scouting. The whole lot is new, like the sweat house. Does that give you hope that like every all the crapness from before all the reasons for being bad from before have kind of gone and you've got a brand new brood does that give you hope for this yes except there's one thing hasn't changed who owns the club i thought you say harry Maguire, honestly <laughs> well yeah <laughs> and it's time there ten, ten hag might drop him on the opening day of the season then all will be good with the world again so yeah no it's still the same owners and they still have the same mm. business model which honestly isn't that isn't that different from Fenway's business model, which is to yeah. uh, you know, run, a, run a tight ship and or run within the means of the club. It's just they take dividends. Fenway doesn't. It's not loads of money. United have piles and piles of debt. Liverpool don't, not at least to the same extent that that's got interest right? So that's a 50 million hit each season. And, and the other thing is they've just proven to be incompetent. So, uh, yeah. whereas Fenway haven't, they seem to to run a club competently, and I don't think any of the, I, I don't think, for example, that anyone ha- from Liverpool has to get on the phone to Boston and say, "Is it okay that we buy some more gym equipment?" Which is literally what happened. Is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> no. I read the Athletic article where Ranier had his mate in Russia watching the games. Yeah. 
and and he was in the corridor at the dressing room checking his WhatsApp. I read that and the fact that Darren Fletcher was told to sit down and stop giving out instructions contrary to Rangit during games. <laughs> that really made me laugh. But yeah, I think a bit more frugal. So we bought, I mean, it's not like we got them in a raffle, but you know, I think our net spend is about £28 million and that included the purchase of Diaz and Canate. And I think got in four years that we spent over £40 million on. The season after we won the we didn't buy anybody really of any particular note and I think we were quite frugal during the I think maybe it's maybe the last sort of big big signing we got at this sort of price range that we're getting Nunes I've watched a little bit of him and I've been on YouTube and had a look at all his goals from last season I'm pretty impressed with what I see he's not just a poacher he's other things in and around the box as well so Sadio's definitely going yeah. Rigi's going and you know that's what David Carrigi leaving <laughs> so um, yeah but he doesn't score like any goals he's going to have no impact on the actual pitch is it uh, no, well it, the goals he did score it were just sort of hugely important you know my favourite memories of Liverpool Football Club have revolved around Dimok Origi, so it's it's very sad to see him go but we could be left next season with a I don't even know where they could be left with Mo Salah I mean it looks fairly likely he's staying but Given the fact he said he wants to carry on playing the Premier League, even if his contract expires, might Liverpool cash in the season? I don't know. Bobby uh, Sadio said he's definitely going. So we've got Jota, we've got Diaz, and now we've got Minamino, Pejo. So I'm really excited by the signing of of Nunes. I was, I mean, for Luis Diaz, I don't really think anyone expected him to right. have the impact he had straight away. Maybe. Maybe six months and he could have sort of bedded in over the course of the summer. But the way he came in, I mean, the way he played against you guys as well at Anfield, that was just immense the way he did that. And Canate settled in as well. He's done pretty well and he's got quite a competition because Virgil's a guaranteed starter. So, you know, he's either John Matip, Joe Gomez or or Iruma Canate. So he's done incredibly well and he looks huge. That might be why he's not been dropped by Klopp because he's too scared to. But, but yeah, I think little dim with us. And the fact that we got him... Not cheap, but you wouldn't be able to buy Luis Diaz now for about thirty-eight million pounds, would you? No, and and Liverpool do seem to have this um, knack of being able to to find the right players at the right price. I mean, Jota was also a reasonable price, wasn't he, for the impact he's had? Uh, and I'm not quite sure what that knack is, but it's a knack. Um, Nunes is costing a lot of money. That's going. That's a gamble, of course, because he's coming from a a league where the standard isn't anywhere near as high. Not everyone who's come out of the Portuguese league has succeeded in England, although many have. So it's quite a few have. So we'll, we'll see. I, I like Bebe didn't. Liverpool's finances are pretty good generally. Didn't build a new stadium. Have incrementally been you know, improving Anfield. So there's not past the debt or anything like that. It wasn't a leveraged buyout. So there's not past the debt from that. So I, there's many reasons to be... Um, Many reasons for Liverpool fans to be hopeful. I, th- I think, as I said, to, I was talking to Andy Green about United's finances. So if United could just get it together, there still is a higher ceiling financially at United than most clubs in the world, right? But they've just shown no apparent competence. And, and it doesn't make any sense to me because if they were competent, they'd make even more money and they could still extract some money each year and the value of the club would go up and when they want to sell... They could sell it for more money. But as it is, the price of United on the stock market is below IPO price from 10 years ago. They've literally set money on fire. Why do you think the Glazers have allowed that then? Because obviously they're not stupid people. They've made an awful lot of money. So 
I mean, are they mothballing United for a later date to sell? Or honestly, I can't. I can't, it? I can't work it out. I think they've tried one way; it didn't work, and now they're trying another way. We'll see, right? Because if they don't give Murtar like power and a budget to go out and recruit the right people and follow a very standard model throughout European football and then use that money in a very, very smart way, it, we're just going to get the same result again and again. We're going to get... Hmm. Ten Hag will fail. He'll be out before the end of the season because like all the dressing room egos will get to him. They'll get the wrong players in this summer and we'll it's rinse and repeat and just carry on. So I, I, I don't know why because like, people say, oh, they're not stupid people, but maybe they are because it's their dad that made all the money. <laughs> <laughs> and these yeah, are no, just true. you know they're just living off his 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 successes in fish canning crappy malls and and buying sports clubs at a too low a price he's no longer with us is he uh glazer senior no no one shed a tear so yeah well no but maybe obviously they can't lean on him for experience anymore unless they use uh, a ouija board i was gonna say Derek corby yeah doesn't say Derek corby he's no longer with us either yeah i mean you've been linked with frankie de jong haven't you it seems like they're doing the deal and uh, I, I mean they're trying to do the deal and I, I i'm going to assume with that one i don't know insider knowledge but i'm going to assume with that one that they the player has indicated he's comfortable with moving if they they strike a deal with barcelona who are just haggling for the biggest fee they can get because they want to then go spend that on bernardo silva by the sounds of it we've got a barcelona fan on our podcast and she's quite happy to see dion go so don't know how that sort of bodes for you <laughs> he's had a pretty poor season by all accounts i mean a pretty good season in his mm. first season i think but he's the kind of player united need united in, in midfield i mean two midfielders would be my first two purchases if i was looking to improve this this united team what sort of midfielders a controller and a destroyer so yeah yeah so someone who can like United have no control in midfield, so it's a whole bunch of attackers who, for one reason or another, have not worked out very well, but on paper were very talented. So Rashford forming the toilet, Sancho adjusting to life, maybe the Bundesliga attacks, I don't know. Ronaldo, who's ancient and won't run around. Greenwood at Her Majesty's pleasure, probably, for the next 10 to 15. And Cavani injured all the time, right? So on paper, loads of talent there, in reality, didn't really work out. And even if it did work out... They, can, they can't keep the ball in midfield. Well, yeah. I, sorry, I was going to say, I remember Rashford at Anfield. I can remember him getting the ball once, not which he miscontrolled and went straight through to Alisson. That was down the coppin. That was the only thing I remember him doing it. And, and that's been the entire season. Something is yeah. broken inside of his brain. He can't control a football anymore. And, and look, there's been nonsense, a lot of nonsense about that, that he shouldn't be helping to feed hungry kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Come on. Uh, it's not that. <laughs> That's caused this problem. I mean, to be fair, he sh- <laughs> to be fair, he shouldn't. That's the government's job. But yeah, there's a it, well, it, well, quite yes, <laughs> entirely different conversation. But yeah, no, I was just because I, I was before I came on, and I was sort of thinking back to the sort of games against you. The five nil Old Trafford was that this season? Yes, it was. Yeah, and I didn't see that game. I watched the field, the four yes. at Anfield, and what you say about the midfield was entirely true. There was absolutely nothing there, and to be honest, I. One of the weaknesses I think Liverpool have had this season, and I think you can bear it out a little bit at the Anfield game because it could have been a lot higher. I think at times our forward line have been quite... It's like sometimes they appear to be too casual in trying to get the ball into the back of the net and we sort of 
slice an easy chance wide or hit it at the keeper or something like that. And it's like they're being a little bit too lackadaisical or trying to score the perfect goal like Arsenal did in 2004 and and all this sort of thing. But watching the way our forward line played your guys at Anfield, uh, your defence at Anfield was something else. I mean, obviously Harry Maguire had an absolute shocker, but Jordan Henderson in... in uh, did Hendo play the midfield? I it was the midfield. But our midfield sort of dominated... Yours as well. Um, well, everyone dominates our midfield. United play. United play Crystal Palace on the last day of the season, and Palace dominated our midfield. So it's like it, it's been absolutely tragically under underappreciated. Is that the right word? <laughs> and, and like the club has not for years like invested in that area properly. Obviously, Pogba failed. As a signing, I mean, he's got mm. many, many qualities, but overall, the whole package, United have invested a couple hundred million in him over the last six years, and it's it's not been a good return on investment for many reasons. He's probably going to go to Real Juventus and be absolutely brilliant. Of course, he is because because he's that kind of player. But you know, aside from that, what is there? There's Nemanja Matic, who's like nine hundred. Scott McTominay, who cannot pass a football and doesn't want the ball, hides in the passing lane. Everyone's pointing it out, going, this guy's hiding. He's in the shadow. He doesn't want the ball. And Fred, who's you know incredibly enthusiastic, but just spraying the ball all over the place. Maybe it hits a player. Maybe it goes out. Maybe he shanks it into Rose Ed. Who knows? So, Is yeah. Scott McTominay still under the sort of category of up-and-coming young players, so we give him a, a pass for, you know, like a free pass for the odd bad performance or should he be a bit better? He, he was Jose Mourinho's manager's player of the season a, a trophy that Jose invented just to piss off Paul Pogba <laughs> that's <right>. and incredible <laughs> scenes I mean just A1 <laughs> perfect trolling just incredible <laughs> world class and uh, what a shit of a man and anyway so uh, he was Jose's manager's player of the season well five years ago now so no I, I don't think you can say up and coming like McTominay for me has hit his ceiling he's a very honest player in the parlance He's always going to give a lot of effort. He always tries. He's he's probably better going forward than defensively, but he's like a jack of all trades, and so a nice player to have in the squad. But you don't want him if, if United. You don't want him in your team as the team chasing a top four spot. And you definitely don't want him in your team if, by some some miracle, United are able to get back to chasing for titles again. Mm. I did like I like Hannibal. I watched the Arab Cup at the start of this year, right? And I, he did pretty well. Uh, for some reason, FIFA, who are terribly doing great with their media stuff, have you seen their new right. website? It's yes, it's there's, brilliant. Um, there, there's actually a, <laughs> a, there's new documentary. Documentary, I can say that <laughs> it's a word. I can say documentary. <laughs> there's a new documentary on FIFA Plus that I really want to watch, which is about the rise of Croatian football after the war. Yes, I want to watch that. So yeah. Donald McRae was did an interview in the Guardian, which is a brilliant interview, by the way. If anyone gets a chance to to read that, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. FIFA Plus. <laughs> yeah, FIFA Plus is brilliant. It's amazing. Um, uh, it's great. And they were streaming the Arab League, uh, Arab League, the uh, something completely different, the uh, Arab Cup. Now, I, I, I take a stream of that as well. <laughs> that might be entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> they were streaming the Arab Cup games at the start this year. And I, I, I fancied keeping my eye on Hannibal, right. obviously, because he's a sort of unique name with big hair, so it's easy to yeah. spot. Um, but also just considering that he played for you guys as well. And I was really impressed with him. And I was impressed, obviously, when he came on Anfield and started booting Jordan oh, Henderson brilliant. up in the air. And I think you, yeah, you guys quite like that. So, I mean, I don't think Ragnit liked it. And I, he didn't. I took your point yeah. 
No, and I, don't, I took your point about the fact that Rangnick doesn't want to expose young players to the sort of season you guys had, and I kind of get that. But is Ten Hag, I mean, Ten Hag's IX team was pretty young, wasn't it? So do you sort of have hope for him? I, I wonder whether Hannibal needs to fill out a little bit, just be a bit more. Because, yeah, the Premier League is, I mean, it's not like, it, it's, it's not uh, physical in the way that English football used to be, but it is very physical. And uh, yeah. he's he is still quite slight, despite the fact that he loves kicking people. He's like that in the under twenty threes as well. By the way, that wasn't just targeting oh, Jordan <laughs> Henderson. Although if it was, well done, lad. <laughs> well, why would anyone want to target? He's lovely, Jordan. Yeah, maybe he's trying to fix it. Why would he's trying to fix to his funny run, wasn't he? He was like Fergie was like. I was going to talk to you about that today. Yeah, that's what Fergie said. F- fix the gate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that the sole reason you didn't sign him? Is that just Fergie didn't like his run? I, I don't know. I mean, it was probably something else, but Fergie always liked making excuses for when something didn't happen. But gate gate is still talked about. It's good. <laughs> and I was going to ask you as well, how do you think Don, um, Vanny Dunder de Beek's going to work out? Because he's back with Ten Hag now. Just... I don't know, because, it, you know, in a sense, you'd say, well, if Ten Hag's picking his three-man midfield, he wants a controller, a destroyer, and then someone who's able to make those breaking runs. And... And that's the yeah. role that Van der Beek played in his um, Ajax side. I don't know where that would leave Bruno if he did that. Probably mm. playing in one of the wide wide positions, which I think is uh, probably a waste of his um, talents. But I, I, it doesn't seem to me that Van der Beek has sort of got the the stuff for the Premier League. Is that because he's not been used properly? I mean. I imagine the footballing brain that's Frank Lampard didn't use him properly for the last six months. So maybe Ten Hag is the kind of guy that can bring the best out in him, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I, I couldn't say that it was inevitable, though, because he just seemed to like be physically a bit short as well. So he came on and he, he plays in a very different way to any of the other United players. He wants to play one, two. So you can see him looking for the wall pass and, and making the runs. And uh, like no no one else at United was following that at all. So uh, who knows? I'm, like They spend, um, I think they're in Melbourne and Singapore and somewhere else in Australia for pre-season. I think we play you lot in pre-season, actually. That's mad how you're not going to the United States with this Ronaldo team. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, no, he's free and clear now, apparently. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Free, (laughs) quote-unquote. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It's so dirty, that uh, whole whole situation. Anyway, so, yeah, we we play you in the summer, so I'm sure Ten Hag will want to have a look at him. But Boonfield is desperately sure. I mean, you've got players who don't play at all in your squad that would make United's midfield. I mean, Curtis Jones would probably walk into our midfield like in a heartbeat. Yeah, and he hasn't right. had much of a season at Liverpool, really, has he? No, no, he hasn't. Uh, I think our chosen midfield three would be uh, Fabinho Hendo. I remember it's been like three weeks since I watched football. So Tiago, that's it, yeah. And behind that, you got Milner. Do you have Milner in your midfield? No. He's old, but he can still run around a lot. No. He's probably full of asthma. Also, he played for City, Liverpool... And Leeds, so no. No, sorry, not, not would you take him? Would he get into your <laughs> yeah. Hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> we'd take him just yeah. to lock him in the toilets, yeah. <laughs> At Carrington. Uh, yeah, Curtis chose you, right? I mean, Navi Keta, would, would he get on well for you guys? Probably, I mean, he is a bit... Um, He's a bit spray and pray, isn't he, with his passing as well. And so he'd, and shooting it, it, as he'd, well. Fit, he'd fit well in with our midfield in that case. But yeah, there's yeah. there's plenty more quality in Liverpool squad than than we've got in midfield. I mean, look now, short as well. They have to buy midfielders because Fred and McTominay, Pogba's yeah. gone, Matic is gone, Mata has gone. Not that Matic and Mata played loads of football last season, but still, just desperately short numbers. 
We'll see what happens with James Garner, who had a good season at Forest in the Championship. He has never played in the Premier League, so actually for his development, it might be better for him to stay with Forest for a third season if he signs a new contract. Uh, and then Hannibal, who probably wants to play at number 10, but can kick anyone anywhere on the pitch. So it's <laughs> all good. Where about those two other players? You sign them, but is it Garancho and Palestri? Where about do they play? Yeah, they're, they're wide players. So Garnacho okay. will like Garnacho looks like he's going to sign a new contract. He's he's super talented. I, again, <laughs> physically, I mean, it's not obvious. Although he he got a few minutes at the end of the last season under Ragnick, not much. I mean, like crappy minutes at the end of games. But he was <laughs> he was very good for the under twenty threes and the under eighteens who won the FA Youth Cup. And uh, he's got that kind of swagger to him. A player who knows he's good, which I like a bit of. Yeah. Palestri, hard to say. He got very little football at Alaves in La Liga, so it's hard. But he's doing well for Uruguay. He's a regular in the Uruguay yeah. side and has, um, he, well, he's certainly making the YouTube highlight reels. Can't say I'm <laughs> honestly watching you... Uruguay every week, but. Have you got a guy in at Rangers or am I? Yeah, Ahmad went to Rangers, hardly played at all. I mean, it wasn't obvious that that was going to... Like, it, the standard may be much lower, but it's really physical. The Scottish, yeah, the Scottish Premier yeah. League is like... <laughs> talk about players booting each other. So <laughs> Send Hannibal up there. Yeah, so who knows? I mean, they spent 40 million... They spent more on... Admittedly, it was like incentivized, but more, more on Ahmad than uh, Liverpool spent on Diogo Jota. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sent- that's... that's the- <laughs> And do you need any? Because obviously Jones has gone, hasn't he? Um, or go, is he going, or is he still? On the contract? He's still got a having... contract for another year, and Eric Bay as well. They all have to probably pay him to go, and um, yeah, so they'll they'll need just... another centre back for sure uh, because they'll be short on. Are quality. you just Lindelof and Maguire? L- Lindelof, Maguire, and Varane, and Varane's obviously got oh, Varane, injury yeah. problems, so it wasn't a great season for him. And Harry was obviously an absolute disaster class all season. So, he... so do you need two centre-backs? I mean, I don't know. What's that film? It's the prison football film. Mean Machine. Mean Machine. Yeah. That's going to be Harry Vinny, Maguire Danny Dyer. In, in Mykonos <laughs> when that finally... <laughs> yeah, so it's that as well, isn't it? So you may be forced to not have him. So who knows? Uh, I don't know. So it... Did you need one or two centre backs? Then do you think? I, I mean, I can, given the fact that Rand's always injured, I think there's uh, almost no chance of buy two. So I think what will happen is they'll buy one. Should be two midfielders, almost certainly a centre back. Given if they can get rid of Jones and Bailly, if they can't, then they won't because that's just the way it works out. A forward of some kind, either forward. A, a forward, either a flexible forward or a centre forward. So I don't think you can expect Ronaldo to... I mean, Ronaldo just doesn't fit in Ten Hag's system, although he's saying very nice things. You can't have a an attacking trigger who just doesn't run. Uh, yeah. A pressing trigger that just doesn't run, it's not going to work. So I like the look of um, Anthony at Ajax. Yeah. And I wonder when you think we could fit in with you guys up front. I, I, probably coming off the right, Sancho or Rashford competing something on the left and something through the middle. But uh, it, I, I assume Ajax would want a lot of money for him. So and the budget yeah. with United in the Europa League, and the Glazers unwilling to either take out more loan while well, they took out more loans or to inject equity means the budget is not massive. So 
Yeah. yeah. Our, our, our summer budget, you... net summer budget, is probably what you guys have just spent on Darwin Nunes. So. Oh, really? Well, maybe a bit more. Okay. Maybe a bit more. I think it'd be more. Loads of clubs can see you guys coming. I'm sure you were spending way more. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that has been the way, yeah. Oh, we obscure playing our reserve team. Yeah, that's 50 million euros. Yeah. <laughs> did you see the Austrian team getting pressing? Yes, uh, I did. I think it was Poland into a goal. I, I, yeah. I, I'm just amazing. <laughs> like, they're just absolutely... Like, the Polish players did what the United players have done for most of the season and absolutely shit themselves when players pressed them. And, and it was just amazing. Like, you watch it. He's three games in to his Austrian yeah. time, Rangnick, and he's got them pressing up the pitch and they're singing his you know, name in the stands and his praises in the dressing room. Who are you more infuriated with? Are you more infuriated with Rangnick because he couldn't get United players to do that or the players because they didn't do that? I mean... Well, look, Rangnick failed at United, clearly, right? And mm. part of his role is to get the players on side, and he was unable to do that. The fact that the players wouldn't follow instruction, and that after four games... I mean, he finally said it in one of his final press conferences. I mean, he took it all too far, I guess, that it was inevitable mm. they were going to burn the relationship because he was just telling too many home truths in public. Oh, it's ent- it very entertaining, but you're like, yeah, they're not going to keep this guy on. And But he said... After yeah, he, he said what we could all see, which is about four games in, he stopped asking them to press. And then you've got this weird mm. situation where they weren't playing on the break. They couldn't control the football. So what have you got? If you're not a high-pressing team, you can't control the ball in midfield and you can't play on the break because the guy out front's 900. Like, what are you? Right? So there's this complete mishmash of stuff and eventually their confidence all went and they all gave up uh, in a very, very Given... public way. <laughs> Given where you ended up at the end of the season, should you, I mean, would you have finished any worse if you hadn't got rid of Ollie? Probably not, although obviously that that series of results, the battering, the, it was the the heaviest 2-0 ever against City. Yeah, it should have been 5. The 5-0 five yeah. against Liverpool and the 4-1 against Watford all came in pretty quick succession. And so, like, any any manager is going to get sacked. For, and if he'd had any dignity, he'd have gone after that Liverpool game. But he was always very he was always very proud. He he should have, inevitably, yeah, like, with hindsight, he should have gone after Villarreal because that was the pinnacle, as furthest he could take this, this team. And he didn't get the players he wanted over the summer. And so it just, and then they, like, pulled off this last-minute thing with Ronaldo, which just completely changed the dynamic. At least under Oli, you knew what, United could pull off, which is they could play defensively and they could play on the break because they had lots of quick players who could score like goals in transition or got lots of penalties because they they in, with a broken broken pattern of play they could get in the box and get fouled right. So that, those are our routes to goal: playing on the break and getting penalties. Like the the playing on the break was destroyed when you brought Ronaldo in. Can't do it, and getting the penalties was destroyed because Klopp complained about it and the FA went. Oh, yeah, you're right. No penalties for United anymore. <laughs> really? It must be horrible having an opposition manager having such influence over the FA and referees. Where could he have learned that from? <laughs> I don't know. We, we used to have the influence on the, the... We called it the Gilluminati when uh, David Gill had power over UEFA and uh, the FA. <laughs> he just had his, tent, Not he had his tentacles in there and inevitably, yeah, we had all our, our best friends giving us giving us the things we needed. So apart from Rio, who didn't get what he needed. He just needs... You just need to do what Everton do, just sort of write strongly worded letters to the PGMO will. Yeah, that works. Yeah. 
All works out then. Yeah. <laughs> so doesn't look in the least bit petty. So so where did Liverpool go from here? I mean, like I, I could make a I could make a bit of a bear case for <clears> Liverpool. <throat> Mane going, Nunes, a lot of pressure. Salah unhappy with his contract offer. Maybe he goes too. I mean, I'm sure they if Mane's going, I'm sure they won't count on selling Mala <laughs> selling Mala Salah. Uh, but he's only got a year left on his contract, so would they? Are they? Pretty, it's not the Fenway business model to just let players run down their contract. It's the United business model. We're letting six of them go for free this summer, at least. But it's not the Fenway yeah. business model. So there's a bear case for it. Maybe it's a difficult season next season. Yeah. By any of that? No, I I agree with you. We've got a lot of players aging at the same time that are around the sort of. 30, 31. I mean, you know, I'd kill to be 30, 31, but, you know, that's old in football. So, yeah, at the year, we, we've got a lot of players around that time. If it was the more I see Salah dragging his heels over this contract, the more inclined I would be to sell him this summer because I've got a horrible feeling if we let him go for free, he will end up City or Newcastle next summer um, for free and staying in the Premier League and scoring against us. So I would rather cash in on him this summer when you got some sort of agency over over where he goes. And if that leaves us a little man down there for a little time, then then so be it. If I had a sort of wish list, if that happened, then I know Andre Bellotti's available on the free. That would be pretty cool to get someone like him, that, you know, a proper number nine in to, to sort of maybe take Salah place. No, we're not supposed to like talk about people's uh, looks, but he's the most Roman looking player. Ever, isn't he? I mean, he could have been a Roman senator. I'm sure there's there's busts of him in the British Museum. Yeah, you can imagine him next to Russell Crowe, couldn't you? But yeah, I mean, something like that. I mean, you don't have to break the bank to get some of these players in to Patrick Schick or someone like that. He wouldn't be millions and millions of pounds. He, he'd be sort of a fairly serviceable transfer fee and salary, and he's guaranteed to score your goals. So if we did have to get rid of Mo, we would have to get somebody in. And you don't have to go for a Galactico. You can go for sort of either of those players. And... Well, it's not been the Liverpool model anyway, has it? Galactico signing. So until now, maybe. Yeah. I mean, is he Galactico signing? He's still fairly unproven, isn't he? Doing this? I don't know. He's yeah. expensive. Yeah. So he's unproven, but he's, yeah, he's expensive. Yeah. I mean, if we've got Vinicius Junior or someone, I'd say I'd suggest that was a, a Galactico signing. I think maybe this guy's a little bit yeah. underneath. But yeah, I, it's, it's difficult that forward line because Salamane probably they're all a similar age and you've got to ease the three of them out of the club in a way that's not sort of revolution you want you know evolution not revolution you've got to ease them out of the club while bringing the other players in we started that process with Diaz maybe slightly a bit early with Jota and now we've got Nunes as well but really the sort of person I want as a backup striker I would have kept Origi we've got a couple of kids coming through. We've got Oakley Canonier, who you might remember was the lad that gave Trent Alexander-Arnold the ball back, the ball boy, that gave Trent Alexander-Arnold the ball back against Barcelona. Right. He's come through. He's he's been doing all right in, in the reserves, apparently. So there's always players coming through, but it's quite a difficult thing to manage the, the forward line and sort of moving the old guard out and bringing the new ones in. And I don't really envy Klopp doing it. I wouldn't have been surprised if Klopp had gone now because you've got Virgil van Dijk, who's about 30, Jorotip's about that age, Hendo's about that age, and these players are going to have to start in the next few years. And yeah. it's quite a rebuilding job someone's going to have on their hands. So I'm, I'm surprised it's to that bit extra. It'd be quite easy for him to walk away and say, you know, I've done my bit. This is somebody else's fart in a colander to look after. A bit like Fergie did with you guys. His reputation has grown by the day, not that he needed to get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, there's a really good job coming at Liverpool in the next few years, and it starts with the forward line this summer. So we're doing the right thing about it. 
I think it's Michael Edwards we're losing. He's our financial guy that we're losing. Yes. Uh, and he's been responsible. For, yeah, he's responsible for some of the really good deals. And I know he works quite closely with Klopp as well. I believe it's his deputy that's taking over, though. So that's there's right, some continuity. Yeah. So he's been, yeah, he's been around for a little while. So hopefully he's sort of picked up a few sort of tricks of the trade as he's, as he's learned from Edwards. So hopefully we won't see too much change there. And I think that was quite important in keeping Klopp as well. And then brought somebody completely random and new in. I think that would have been quite difficult the whole thing kind of revolves around Klopp because he's made himself so integral to the club quite rightly so if, if he has suggestions on who to bring in and who to replace then I can't see the club going against his wishes yeah but really nor should they for the time being no they shouldn't I mean if you have a, a quality a coach of his quality as Fergie used to say it's the most important person at the club I mean he used to say that about himself but it was okay because it was Fergie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and you put this right kind of structure around it, and I look. We've debated on this podcast many times, like what's the balance of great coach versus having the right kind of the right money and the right technical and scouting people. And but it's it's all gonna it's all there. It's all important, but the most important person is the manager. Start with yeah. that, and then build everything else. I have got a fear, maybe for how the season ended. It felt a bit weird <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. We've just lost the Champions League final. Now we're going to go do the tour of the city. But I reckon that's the kind of picking the, up the, the players needed. The failure parade. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that's the kind of picking up the players needed because I am a little bit concerned about is there going to be a hangover into next season through how this season ended? And I hope there isn't. I hope they can sort of block it out their mind and, and move on to the next season fresh. Yeah. A little bit of a worry for me. Next season is going to be weird anyway isn't it i mean yeah do you guys have a hangover united starting fresh i mean city are going to start from a position of massive strength i mean maybe they lose bernardo who's a really important player for them but i'm sure they'll just go spend another 100 million on some other player that they need they've obviously yeah. got harlan coming in he's just going to score boatloads of goals do you think he is yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the, there's. I guess I could make a case for his slightly awkward style. Hmm and the pressure and the fact that he has to adapt because Dortmund and City don't play any anything like the same kind of football uh, and it's definitely it's definitely impacted Sancho that transition but you know he's he's a player who will score 6 yard tap-ins for absolute fun yeah and City create more of those 6 to 10 yard chances than any other team on the planet yeah and and he's just going to get so many chances the only reason i suggested that is because obviously city have been used to playing so long of the god cabbie jesus but of course they don't tend to play a system with a number nine in place so i was just wondering it's, it's not only he that's got to adapt it's the other players as well i mean it's it's made for leroy sane who obviously left a couple of years ago but you imagine those uh, yeah. the, the, the number of goals that city used to score from a Leroy Sane pullback from the byline yeah. after he dribbled all the way down the wing. Imagine that with Erling Haaland. That would have been that would have been a thing indeed. So, but I can yeah, you're right about next season being a bit of a weird one because of the World Cup, and I can only imagine Klopp will keep quiet about that and sort of stay keep his own counsel and not complain too much about it. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> He'd complain if his bins were taken at ten ten and not ten o'clock. So it's he, he. It's going to be it's going to be strange for everyone. But like we've known this for twelve years. It, it clearly it shouldn't be happening in Qatar and it shouldn't be happening in the middle of the season. But it is, yeah. and the players are all going to go despite all the talk of protests. I mean, Erling Haaland re revealing his. <laughs> 
human rights t-shirt than going to human rights fc great <laughs> top, top stuff lad yeah we know yeah. how far your morals stretched <laughs> and it was about 400 grand a week that's how far they stretched <laughs> do you feel a bit worried next season by newcastle because yeah of course the uh, um top four places i mean I don't think you guys could talk about the league. Maybe Chelsea possibly could. It's, I think it's us, Chelsea and City talking about the league. So yeah. there's you, Arsenal, Spurs. And if they have a transfer window with a teddy bear head, Eddie Howe. You could be like four or five teams going for one spot. It, Eddie Howe likes to claim it was uh, just hard when they got Newcastle <laughs> up the table. Yeah, we Yep, sure, Eddie. He's got Jake Humphries as his friend cheering through the list there. Oh, God. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, look, if, it, if there was an ever, ever a case for testing nuclear weapons on a city, <laughs> it's Eddie Howe and Newcastle and Jake Humphreys riding the bomb all the way down. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be about four four teams, five teams competing for that last Champions League place, maybe. I and mean, if West Ham have a good season like they have done. I, I mean, we'll see if West Ham can keep it up. If they keep all the players, obviously, like Rice and Bowen, what happens with those those two this summer? He's been linked with you, isn't he, Declan Rice? Yeah, uh, and he would be the right kind of right kind of profile of player to to come in for sure. I, it looks like West Ham want too much money though for for United to do that deal. But I think to to your point, yes, um, Newcastle have a lot of headroom in their FFP, so they can spend because Mike Ashley was such a skinflint that they can spend quite a lot of money before they're they're pushing that, and obviously the the owners can inject as much capital as they want yeah. because there's no limit and <clears throat> filthy filthy money uh, and eddie howe will go well i don't know anything about that repeatedly all next season uh, so yeah they can spend a lot of money uh, they obviously got a good technical director in and dan ashworth from uh, yeah. brighton who knows how to play the sort of middle of the market they might go for a marquee sign you can imagine that the owners wanting that kind of marquee signing that they can parade in their new green and white second kit do you, so. do you think they can attract a marquee signing as yet? Because I'm thinking back to City when they first got the money. I mean, didn't come off. Rubinho, I mean, that was kind of a marquee signing, wasn't it? Although it sort of it didn't. It work was. Out he for... thought he was going to United, though. Yeah, he so. did. But at the end, they were also signing like um, Roque Santa Cruz and um, yes, people yeah. like that. So they couldn't get those marquee signings in straight. Do you reckon it was still be the same for Newcastle? Or do you reckon they'd be able to pull these in? They're not going to get a, a player who would go to one of Europe's super clubs, mm. I don't think. And I don't know how serious their efforts to convince Darwin Nunes were or not, or whether that was just a good agent talk to up the bidding. But but one level down from that, yeah. if they pay the kind of wages that we assume they're going to pay, then of course they're going to attract players. So mm. what's the difference between fifth in the Premier League and 16th in the Premier League, right? Money. Mm. And and so, yeah, they will attract good players and it'll take them a few years because of FFP or at least the Premier League's version of profit and sustainability rather than the UEFA version, which is like a joke Yeah. now. So it, it's just a matter of time. And look, the amount of points they got in the second half last season would have taken them into the Champions League spots anyway. Mm. They got a lot of points in the second half. So yeah, of course. For United, just depends on the development. I imagine Conte will push Spurs to make the kind of signings he wants and they'll have a real crack at doing well in the Champions League and in the Premier League next season. They've got new owners at Chelsea who have promised to invest. They need about six defenders because everyone's left on a free. Yeah. So they'll have to spend money on that. So question mark there, but they've obviously got a very good coach. And then after that, yeah, Arsenal, United, West Ham, I guess. 
and and maybe Newcastle will all be fighting it out for a place in the Europa Conference League. Top quality stuff. <laughs> I quite like that Conference League. I'm, I'm glad my team wasn't in it, but it, it looked it, it was quite good fun to work out. Yeah, I I enjoyed Roma losing six one at Bodo Glimt. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't enjoy them winning the trophy, but yeah. <laughs> I was looking at my map above me. There's like teams you haven't heard of for, for quite some time, and all of a sudden you sort of yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, well, it did what it, it like uh, everyone bemoaned it of course but it did what it was supposed to do which is give europe sort of second and third tier countries more european football yeah yeah definitely yeah i'm glad we won't be near it for some, well, i say we won't be near it for some time let's probably put the kiss of death on it or something then we'll be yeah no you're right. in it season after yeah. next <laughs> but you know united had west ham to thank for not having to be in the conference league next season that would have been too much <laughs> europa league's bad enough europa league Group stages are really poor quality. Yes. The uh, knockout rounds can be pretty good, but the group stages are really dire. So we'll see what Ten Hag do- does with that. He It's a chance to give some game time to some of these younger players we're talking about, perhaps. Yeah. Or he may want to just create momentum and and play the first team in there. We'll see. Depends what kind of squad United have got next season because it's a lot of them gone already and quite a few need to go as well. Yeah. ten Was it 10 players, Randwick said? Ranić said 10 players, they won't be. They can't do that many deals. They've never done that, no. that many deals. It's not football so. manager, is it? So, yeah, you have to sort of be a bit more realistic about these things. All right, well, predictions for next season. Who do you reckon? I mean, no, we're making predictions at the end of this season, but why not? Right, <laughs> We'll come back to it in a, year, in a year's time. And So, before the, the transfer window is even really properly opened, well, it's been open a couple of weeks, but a couple of months before it closes, wait there, July, August... Nearly three months before it closes. Yeah. Still want you to make predictions. Who's going to win the league next season? Manchester City. Yeah. I mean, it's depressing, and we haven't been that much different from them. I think. I think over the course of the last four or five years, is it one point between us and City? We'll do what we normally do. We'll pretty hard, but it will look for quite some time like City will win. So I don't. I can't see a past a, a City victory. We might get. I can see he's getting another cup next season. I can see he's yeah. doing that. Might be the Champions League. Yeah, let's hope not. You've got, <laughs> got enough of those. Don't need any more of that. <laughs> Twice as many as some clubs. <laughs> I don't know. Ajax, how many have they got? They got three. Have they got three? Or four. I think they got three. Yeah. I can't remember. They got three in a row, didn't they? Twice as many as some oh, other clubs. Th- no, they've got four. They've got four because they won the one in 95 with uh, Edwin. They did. They did. So, Still twice as many as other clubs, though. Yeah, I don't know what clubs you're talking about. <laughs> Bayern, how many have they got? They Celtic, got they've only got one. They've only got one. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it's... Milan have got seven, haven't they? Yeah. They've got the same or one behind them. Enough of that nonsense. Very nice <laughs> to talk to you, Chris. And you? Yeah, good luck for the season to come. No, you not really. You don't mean do you? I don't. You mean no. as much as if, as much as if I wish you luck for next season. Yeah. Well, we shall check in with you at some point during the season no doubt see how things are going it can't get any worse for united it can there's relegations in yeah well that is that that won't happen but seventh place ain't going to win itself is it no that everton trophy doesn't win itself does it the everton cup 